you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Just the two of us. We, we can, can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Tori and I. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, yes. No mistaking that duet. One of the all-time classics, I dare say. With Tory Smith seated to my immediate left, we'll uh, say a proper hello to him in just a second. I want to let you know, coming up, this is a star-studded DDFP, if there ever was one. Coming up in just a few, Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Tomahawk, one of the emerging podcasts out there right now and uh, produced as uh, in a small world kind of way by our pal Black Tie. So make sure you download that one, subscribe to that one. And uh, well, Kibitz, it turns out Joe Thomas and I park our cars in the same garage about how the Cleveland Browns should uh, go at free agency in the draft in 2018. In the meantime, though, enough burying the lead. Like I say, he's sitting here in Studio 66, one of our favorite guys in the league. Nay, not a guy, because the thing I say a lot is there are plenty of guys in the world like me. Then there are men. And Torrey Smith is one of those guys. Muzzle tub to you. How are you, man? Good. How you doing? Good. Well, bet not as good as you. It's a great time. It's you have two rings. Yeah, two. I'm very thankful, you know, for that. And still crazy, still crazy. So I'm taking it all in and excited to be out here. Yeah, I would uh, I, I, would think so. Yeah, the world's your oyster at this point. <laughs> and by the way, has anybody pointed out that you may well be, everybody talks about Belichick and Brady and everything else, perhaps the antidote to that is Torrey Smith. When you were with the Ravens, that's when you guys were making hay against uh, against that team, and and now again in the Eagles. Coincidence or no? Uh, it's just a, I'd say coincidence. I've been fortunate to be a part of some great teams and uh, to be a small piece of the puzzle. So it's special, and uh, to be the best, you got to be the best. And um, for two of my routes in, you know, I had to go through them. I want to talk about uh, right at the top of Super Bowl Fifty Two. It might have even been off the top of my head the first Eagles possession, maybe the second one. Nick Foles goes to number 82, Torrey Smith. And I, I, it seemed from where I was, it was a drop on your part. Is that right? Did Foles get say, you a good ball? And, and It was a good was a play I should have made. Um, honestly, I drifted, and the DB had a nice little PBU, but uh, better technique, and that's a, that's a catch on a tough throw by him. And then he comes right back to you on the next play. Tell did you do you have a sense the ball is likely coming to me as you break the huddle or is that uh, Foles going through his progressions and landing on you? Yeah, he went through his progressions, but I kind of saw the coverage and I knew going into the week that that could be where the ball went, and you know I could feel it as I was going. I was like, man, I have to win as man to man. I got to win my matchup, and uh, Foles threw it where only I could get it, and turned into a little helmet catch. Yeah, well, that one was, like you say, that's one of the more memorable plays in a in a game filled with uh, with big-time plays because I felt like 
Well, the you know the Eagles because I correct me if I'm wrong. If you're playing, even if you're a high end athlete like yourself, there's got to be some some amount of emotion creeping into your brain. Hey, that's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady over there. They are not easy to beat. They are the the dynasty of the 21st century. You need to feel, especially with Nick Foles and uh, the situation there. You need to feel. You, you need to build confidence early on that you can uh, make some hay against this team. Yeah, I think that's against any opponent. Obviously, you know the greatness that's on that sideline, but it's not something that you fear. You respect it, but you know it's important in any game to convert on third down, which that play was. Right, and that, that yeah, set the to set the tone the for the day. Absolutely, and um, just get the quarterback in rhythm as well as yourself. You know, as a receiver, you know, I feel like for myself, I'm, I feel like a basketball player. It's like when you make the layups, all of a sudden you're comfortable going deep and everything kind of flows, and that's kind of how Foles is as well. You know, when he gets going early and you're making plays for him, um, just continues to steamroll, and uh, guys are making plays all over the field, and the big fellows are doing a great job up front. All right, so to the human element, you'd make that drop. It's early in the Super Bowl. What's going through your head when you see Nick Foles throwing that ball in your direction? You get this one, Tori. Make sure yeah, you catch I, it. I, I had no doubts. Like, man, yeah. I'm very confident in it. And, uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be contested, too, because I was rolling in, and I knew he threw it behind me for a reason. Um, so it was a, again, it was a great ball by him, and um, I had no worries. It's not the first or last ball I'll drop, but uh, one thing about me is that I'll always bounce back. Tell me this: What is the most memorable play? And do it really second by second. Indulge me, indulge yourself. Tell me second by second the most memorable play, even if it was a terrible play in your career. Walk me through it, and it, it doesn't have to be that last minute touchdown in Heinz Field you scored the. To upset me, which wasn't cool that you did that. <laughs> you know, I would say that's it because it was kind of the same start of that. You know, I was having a rough game um, and literally plays before, you know, I, I misjudged the ball and felt like I blew us the game, you know, by my miscalculations. And then all of a sudden Joe comes right back to me a few plays later and I was able to seal Singled the, up. Seal the deal for us, yeah. So that was huge. Um and, you know, it was a little cover, too, and there was some holding going on. We go back and forth about with that who? all the time. With who? Who was it? I don't want to say any names. You, you can look say it. Film, you know, some guy. Some, <laughs> I'm going to find friends, it out. Some friends, some friends of the show, friends of real uh-huh. life. And, uh, but, yeah, that right. was huge, you know, just for me in general. And uh, just to know, like, to bounce back from that and to be a rookie and, you know, win the game at Pittsburgh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, now, as a Ravens, uh, you, you're bit front, you know, Maryland and Baltimore and Philadelphia. That neck of the woods seems to suit you. Um, Eagles fans or Ravens fans? I mean, I have all the love in the world for both. Everyone knows that my emotional ties to Baltimore run deep. I mean, uh, I feel like that city helped lift me up when I lost my brother, um, which was a big deal to me in that organization as well. So uh, there's definitely some deep emotional ties there, but uh, – be a part of what happened in Philadelphia and the first championship there and to see the passion in that parade, um, there was nothing like that. So for me, it's like flipping a coin. Um, but I have, you know, I have deep roots and a lot of love for both, and I, and I always will. Well, yeah, it would be hard. To, I, so in other words, uh, there's no wrong answer. There's that no question. wrong answer. Yeah, both of the above. Now, you speak about Baltimore in 2011. It feels to me you're one of those guys who I feel like has been in the league for a while. A hundred, now. A hundred years. Yeah, but it's only 2011 years. since you arrived. <laughs> and I don't know if you've taken a look at it lately. I love to go through drafts and see where a guy lands. Do you – your list is not that offensive from where you sit in terms of the receivers that went in front of you. A.J. Green goes fourth. 
as a part of what has to be the all-time first round. I don't know if you ever look at it. Yeah, you got AJ. Julio, Cam goes Cam, one. Vaughn goes two. AJ Green three. Pat, Pat Pete, Pete goes five. I mean, these are Hall of Fame names. Julio Jones. Eight out of eleven of the first names that go are Hall of Famers. Uh, you go Tyron Smith, JJ Watt. I mean, all those Keep guys going. are. They're, they're going. So, okay, so A.J. Green comes off the board. You're cool with that at the time? You're sitting there? Were you Are you surrounded by family and friends? Yeah, I was out at a little firehouse in Virginia. And, uh, yeah, I think it was pretty clear that, you know, those two were the cream of the crop. You know, not that you don't feel like you can compete against anyone else, but um, those two, man, they're, they're very gifted. And um, even with them, you could have flipped a coin with who's going to be first. So, and obviously the way they're playing now, they're going to be Hall of Fame players, so. Yeah, and then you. But well, now here comes one that you may balk at. Did you know the Chiefs were going to go John Baldwin there out of Pitt? Um, I didn't know. Were you I surprised? mean, for me, I knew like for me it was going to be like late first or second round, and I knew that would fall between probably the third and fifth receiver pick, which is what I kind of mm-hmm. anticipated being, in, you know, at least in the top six. And you go. I mean, what a yeah. well, like we say. There are three guys. Here's a weird thing about that first round. Three guys named Cam. Two of them defensive ends, Cam Jordan, <laughs> Cam Hayward, and Cam Newton, like we say. There's a, a Nate. There's a Corey. There's no Tory, though, not until the <laughs> second round. But first, at pick number 44, did the Detroit Lions reach out to you and give you a sense that they might be looking at you because they wind up going Titus Young? Yeah, every team that uh, drafted a receiver, you know, I had some visit with them or work out with them. So I was very familiar. And um, Titus, you know, he was a great player in college as well. Um, a guy that, you know, he, he means a lot to me because I know what he was battling mentally. And um, at the time, you know, obviously he talents, he had the talent. And I think sometimes it, you know, you never know what someone's going through and it, it led to some tough decisions for him. And uh, But he was a heck of a player, so you're not, you're not really offended by it. And then when you, fi- when you finally hear it at 58, Baltimore Ravens select from Maryland, the team with those weird helmets. <laughs> Tory Smith. Yeah, that's where I wanted to be, though. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I, it's proof of that. I actually said it. They were like, where do you want to go? I was like, uh, Atlanta or Baltimore. And ended up right there. Well, it seems like everything's uh, worked out beautifully for you, including your second Lombardi. Now, you don't wear the ring. And by the way, uh, can I say, you walked in here carrying your little boy. <laughs> the last time I saw you was down on the field about six minutes after you won Super Bowl 52. Delightful as ever, and it was just a great image of you holding your your uh, little guy there. And you walk through this door in Studio 66 just a couple of minutes ago, still holding that uh, little boy. I know how much your family means to you. Tell us about what you got going with um, with your charity event coming up in March. Yeah, so on March 17th, we're having a basketball game in Baltimore at Royal Farms Arena. And it'll be, you know, some of my teammates from the Eagles, obviously, some of my former teammates and current Ravens, and just guys from around the league in general playing ball for a great cause and uh, it's always a great turnout. It's always a great, fun family atmosphere. And you can get tickets at RoyFarnsArena.com. Or if you want to donate a ticket, which is probably the coolest option, if you can't make it like yourself, obviously you're not going to be all the way out there in Baltimore. Um, you can donate a ticket at ToriSmith.org. And it goes to a kid from a different youth group in the city. So last year there was over 2,000 kids um, who were there because of donated tickets. And to look around and see that and see their faces. And honestly, it felt like it was like – Four or 5,000 people there, so the crowd was kind of intense. It was awesome, and I, I know I would have loved to have been in that position. Do you get nervous? you get nervous having to perform uh, um, basketball with high-end athletes out there with all I those mean, eyeballs on you? you? It's definitely some eyeballs on you because, you know, when you miss a dunk, you hear, oh, you know, everyone's going crazy. <laughs> 
Um, but especially with the younger kids, but it's great competition and uh, it, it, like I said, it's just a great family event. I just want to make it clear. I did not miss your little, very subtle, humble brag. You just, uh, I missed a dunk, which means that you can dunk, which is, <laughs> which is sitting here and bragging. I, 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 for the record, I cannot dunk. <laughs> well, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. So. There he is, Tory Smith. <laughs> ToriSmith.org. Consider it done uh, with uh, with getting a ticket for uh, for somebody else. A pleasure to see you. Nice um, and uh, and hopefully we'll get the kibitz again on your way to, to completing the you know the triumvirate. I need. I got to join Legarrette Blunt, man. Oh, he's got three. He has three. And Chris Long. All that you know. All we keep calling them. you guys America's <laughs> Team 2017. I love it. Oh, a whole bunch of good guys on that team. All right, the great Tory Smith, everybody, and in just a minute. We'll get to Andrew Hawkins and Joe Thomas. But before we get to that, as Tory Smith makes his way out the door, Eddie Spaghetti and uh, Emma VP still behind the glass, let me ask the two of you a question. Are you two looking for more ways to engage in a little friendly competition? Yeah, sure. I think Absolutely. so, right? Why can't you two just get along with each other? Why is it, would that be so crazy, a thought? Yes. It's a competitive environment. So. Great. Then try captaining some of the greatest warships at WW2 in World of Warships, the free-to-play historical online combat game from Wargaming. How's that strike your fancy, Emma VP? It sounds great. I'd like to try it. Admirable. Ad, not admirable. Admiral Emma VP. Is that the highest rank you can be if you're a Navy or if you're a naval person? You don't think like captain or something? I don't know. Maybe captain. We Seems can like, go with admiral, though. I think admirable – Admirable. I can't say it, so, I don't, so I, I'm the last person to ask. Let me tell you this, though. In World of Warships, you get to command a massive naval fleet with four classes of ships from over eight nations fighting in strategically designed environments. Download World of Warships for free today, Eddie Spaghetti, and anyone else within the sound of my voice, at commandwarships.com to begin your naval adventure. Make sure, though, you enter the code DAMASHEK18, D-A-M-E-S-H-E-K, 18, in all caps when you download to get a ton of bonus content, courtesy of the DDFP. That includes a free premium warship, Aurora, and a pile-on of in-game currency to jumpstart your epic WW2 naval experience. Just download World of Warships today at commandwarships.com and start playing against each other today. You know what I think we should do? And I'm not jiving about this. I want you guys to both do it, commandwarships.com. Damashek 18 in all caps, and then you guys compete and then report back who wins. Who wins the naval battle? I, I think this is a really good idea. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. All right. Well, it says there are, eight, or there are over eight nations fighting in strategically designed environments. I need you to check this out because if we can all get a game going, even better. But in the meantime, head-to-head, Emma VP versus Eddie Spaghetti for all the marbles. All right? Sounds good. Game on. All right, before we get to uh, Tomahawk, did you hear uh, Tory Smith there say he gave a little uh, plug to uh, to the Tomahawk show? He said, that's a great show, by the way. Yeah, I did. He did? Yeah, for sure. He didn't say that about this show? No, no, he didn't. He did mention, though, he has friends of on, that have been on this show, though. That's true. So in a that. way, right, in a way, that's an endorsement. I'll take it as that. Yeah, Joe Thomas and I, as I keep saying, he and I have uh, similar thoughts on how to make the Cleveland Browns immediate relevant, immediately relevant in 2018. Um, so we'll kibitz with them in a second. But how about that? That is absolutely – I don't think that's hyperbole. Of the drafts I've ever looked at, that first round of 2011 is just plum loco. You have eight out of 11. Who are these guys is not going to the Hall of Fame? Cam Vaughn, A.J. Green, Pat Pete. 
um, J.J. Watt. Those guys are all, and uh, and Julio Jones are all going to the Hall of Fame. Meantime, Marcel Darius is good at minimum. He's good. Um, Alden Smith has, I think, played himself out of the league once and for all, but he was very good. Jake Locker, no. Blaine Gabbard, eh, still in the league. And then Christian Ponder at 12. What my takeaway is beyond the fact that this is the richest draft that I can uh, recall, and then deeper in the first round, you have Amukamura, you have Nate Solder, Ryan Kerrigan, um, Cam Hayward, and Cam Jordan, both high-end guys uh, at uh, on the D-line. But uh, the other thing is, too, this is a cautionary tale. Don't reach. If you have a stud, and Cam Newton was a stud coming out of Auburn, and even that people might uh, poke some holes in, but obviously he was he's a legit talent, but – let buyer beware, caveat, caveat emptor, all you people out there, before you hear what me and Joe Thomas think, before you go reaching on Sam Darnold, not that Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen is destined to be a bust, but you don't know. You don't know who any of these 21-year-old kids are going to turn out to be. You don't, certainly don't know what Josh Allen's going to be or Lamar Jackson or any of these guys. Before you reach with a high first-round pick, maybe get the best player available. You see that Blaine Gabbard, Jake Locker, I mean, certainly uh, that makes a lot of sense. So if you are the Browns and you have the number one overall pick, who are you taking? No, don't worry about free agency at all. Just say free agency doesn't exist. Who are you taking number one this year? If you want to fix the Browns, like you always say. I think that informed by the fact that they've been tormented by their Ohio native, Ben Roethlisberger, they drafted – now, see, this is the opposite, trying to do be- – actually, it wasn't best available. They took Kellen Winslow Jr. because they had a need at tight end, and they thought they had their quarterback situation solved there. Couldn't have been with Tim Couch, though, was it? Was it still Tim Couch? Maybe. Anyway, they thought they were okay at QB, but they needed a pass-catching tight end, so they went for Kellen Winslow Jr. This was a poor idea when you had Roethlisberger sitting there in your own backyard, and then, like I say, to then have to watch him for the next uh, decade and a half – by, by the by the bully from the other side of the uh, Pennsylvania-Ohio border must really be painful for them. But uh, I think I would go Sam Darnold because, to me, he's Roethlisberger, Ian Roethlisberger-esque. I know I tire, as does uh, as, I, as I suspect most people do, of every good quarterback who comes out of the draft who, who – who, uh, is a rugged uh, ball carrier some for some or, or throws well um, on the move or out of the pocket gets compared to Roethlisberger, but Sam Darnold really is that he's inaccurate like he's a he's a gambler a little bit like Roethlisberger, uh, but he's a winner you know yeah and and I would take that if I were the Browns. That uh, being said though, they're immediately relevant if they go if they throw all the money that they have and they have heaps of it at Kirk Cousins. Then they also signed Jarvis Landry to go along with Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon. Then you take with the first overall pick, if you get Cousins, you take Barkley, and then you take the best defensive player available. That team's immediately halfway decent in 2018. That's that's the ticket to short-term success, relative short-term success. So if the stars align and every good player signs with the Cleveland Browns, then, then they'll be good. That's well, well, that means nothing. One th- Josh, Jarvis Landry would be a luxury. But if you get Kirk Cousins, every good player. We don't even know if Kirk Cousins is that good, but he'd be fine. He'd be capable enough, given what we saw, Nick Foles and Christian Ponder. He, he's better than those guys, right? Kirk Cousins, wouldn't you say? Uh, I, I guess. Yeah. Kirk Cousins doesn't want to go to Cleveland, which I, makes it all moot. Right. But I think he wants to go to Minnesota or maybe Denver. 
as we continue to see all these quarterbacks moving around. All right, let's get to it. Let's hear what Joe Thomas thinks. Spoiler alert, he kind of agrees with me um, in broad strokes at least. But either way, a delightful show. We ran into the MVP on Media Row in Minneapolis, and we recorded this. Don't worry, it's evergreen. It's not like we're breaking down why the Patriots are going to whip the Eagles in Super yeah. Bowl 52. And no jive here. We tell you, like we recorded this at the Super Bowl. That's right. We're playing it now. And we saw Black Tie, our old friend. We did. Yeah. He looked great. Did he? Yeah. Why so? He looked happy, and he looks like he's doing a great job, and I'm happy he has this new gig. Wow. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I, I'm reading between the lines. It sounds like you're saying something. I don't know what. Probably shouldn't. It's just what I said, you know? All right. Fair enough. Hey, by the way, go back and uh, listen and or watch. It's out there on social media and on iTunes. Emma VP's uh, penned uh, Chapter 2 of uh, the soap opera between Eagles fans, um, the Wolf, Colleen Wolf, and John Gonzalez, Lovebirds Chapter 2, uh, surrounding uh, their love affair at the Super Bowl. Make sure you check that one out uh, and, a, and a good show overall. I, I, I thought it was full of mirth, you know, the yeah. last show we did with those two, Philly's first couple. But now here is the emerging uh, first couple or, you know, in the running at least for uh, podcast duos in 2018. It's Andrew Hawkins. It's Joe Thomas. It's the black tie produced Tomahawk. Let's get to it. Hi and hello. We'll call it a simulcast. And you know what? I kind of like the idea of hosting it because look who the producer is, right? Uh, A stone's throw away. It's the world famous black tie. Black tie. Black tie back. Producing this little segment for us, it's heaven. It's Tomahawk. Yes. Joe Thomas, Andrew Hawkins. What a thing. This is, uh, the, I mean, I can't remember since, I guess at least since the, uh, pardon my take, guys, I can't remember a, a, a podcast starting and blowing up as quickly as you this one what? has. Huh? We, we, we won a Grammy last week, and ever since then, we've kind of been Sky's through the, the roof. Bit, really? Yeah. No. Nobel Peace Prize next year. That's yes. sort of our goal. You know, we, we do our five-year goal, our 10-year goal, just right. like most people do. And yep. uh, Next year, it's Nobel Peace Prize. Nobel all right, Peace here, Prize. let's start with this, since uh, you guys talk a lot of Browns. First of all, Joe Thomas, you uh, literally, like two days before you said you're a little playing for the 2018 Browns, I said the exact same thing. Go get Kirk, go get Kirk Cousins. Break the break the bank to get him, right? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We've got 118 million. That's we're right. basically have monopoly money. I don't and, know if that's going to happen because we couldn't even get Kirk to sit down. That's true because he knew we were going to be teammates. <laughs> he next knew we year, were going to talk Browns, so he didn't want to break the ice right now. Exactly. He wanted to wait for his signing day. Like you, give me my money first, and then we can talk, Joe. But then I mean, if you got Barkley or not, or maybe just get the two best defenders out there. Then you put him with Miles Garrett, and you're immediately relevant next season, right? Exactly. That was my argument. It's, we have it. so much money. We could sign Jarvis Landry, Kirk Cousins, take the two best players mm-hmm. at one and four, and all of a sudden you've got like five Pro Bowl guys. You're building your team around right there in your core, and you're a totally different team next year. Talk about winning a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> That'll do I, it. Listen, yeah, if we, if we can make things work in Cleveland uh, – Football, yes, we will. We would deserve uh, some sort of noble, no doubt. noble honor like a that. A statue or something. Now let's talk about the uh, more immediate concern, mm-hmm. and it's been an ongoing one as far as uh, I'm concerned here, and that is uh, the state of the Browns uniforms. Listen, okay. I, I mean, I've long said, and I get the whole Paul Brown thing, but you know, your team is called Browns, and your hats are orange. It's really <laughs> stupid. It really is when you think about it. But yeah. now, hipster irony. That's what we're going for. Yes. 
What about the weird, even weird, do you like, is there a lack of uh, self-respect? You're in the NFL. Why do you have to put the word Browns on your pants? We know who you are. I wasn't a fan of the new design at Browns. first. I really love the Cleveland on the chest, I love to the be Cleveland. totally honest. But the Browns and the legs, I wasn't big on that one. Big on the Cleveland on the chest. We could probably lose the, the leg on the Browns leg portion of the uniform. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, we got to get rid of that. That That's what you should focus on first, and then maybe be more appealing to Kirk Cousins. They said yes. they're, they're having a new jersey, like, either next year or the following year. They're, oh, they're really? redoing yeah. the jerseys, I think, yeah. I oh, wouldn't good. mind to be able to yeah. do a throwback, because I love the old Browns. When I, that was the thing I was excited about when I came to Cleveland in 2014, was, like, the traditional Browns uniform. I thought they were sweet. The yeah. Kosar, right? Like yeah, the Kosar like era one? Like, there's certain teams that have that crazy tradition, like the Browns, the, the Raiders, the Steelers, the, the, Bears, the Cowboys, the Packers, the, Bears, the Those Giants. kind of teams, I feel yeah. like you kind of have to, you know, you make it new, but keep it traditional. I like yeah. that the Steelers, uh, like, it's an ongoing middle finger to, like, uh, to broadcast TV. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah but when you're, like, when you're, when, like, when you're <laughs> in the road team and you have to turn the helmet around, like, it looks bad on TV because it's just blank. Like, uh -huh. so? <laughs> All right, that's you not my I problem. Hate? You know what I hate? is college football with 100 jerseys for each team. You're not a and fan? none of them make any sense. Yeah. And maybe that's like the old get off my lawn part of oh, me no, that's no, coming no. out. But yes, like I it. turn the TV on, I don't even know who's playing. Like There's some very traditional teams that are just going whack with their jerseys. Neon, you don't even know who's yellow, playing. And it's University hard to look of Florida at even. jerseys. <laughs> like, the, like Michigan, they've been playing football for how many years? Just keep what you've got. Don't, yeah. don't go crazy at on least, us. At least they institute this rule. You can't do it in your rivalry game. But, you know, right. Ohio State, fine. If you want to mess with your uniforms, do that when you when you play Purdue. Don't uh, do it when you're playing Michigan. You right. wear the uniforms exactly. everyone wants to see Everybody you wants to turn in and see the exact same uniforms right. and helmets that they looked at 30 years ago when they were watching the rivalry. But that's for you, though. They have to do that stuff for recruits. I know, and that's why I hate rec rec recruiting hate drives. I hate recruits. <laughs> that's why I hate I hate recruits. those kids. <laughs> but recruiting drives everything that happens at the college level because you can't pay them. Yes. So there's all this money out there. They don't know what to do with so they just spend it on stupid stuff like a hundred different yes. uniforms we also got to get away from like the it, it, it talk about player evaluation come draft time it's hard to do like notre dame they they seem like they're the worst about this they put a single digit number on a defensive end who's oh, 300 pounds and now too. it's all i yeah. can't evaluate i don't know how big he is because <laughs> it, it throws me all out of yeah, whack when he wears a six and he's why a that, why like rushing that. the quarterback it makes zero sense i'm with you <laughs> Yeah. Now, um, what else did I want to talk to you about? Oh, MVP trophy. Okay, now I'll listen. take it. <laughs> we already got it on the Tomahawk yeah. show. Tomahawk right? show, we won it already. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah, we, don't look, don't look, but don't it's look. up there. Don't it's look. Up. Just trust <laughs> us. Just trust us. <laughs> now listen. <laughs> don't mind we, the man behind Everybody the <laughs> knows what the Heisman Trophy looks like, whether or not you, uh, you care about college football. Yep. Everybody knows what the Stanley Cup looks like, even if you don't watch hockey. So isn't it ironic that no one knows what the MVP <laughs> of the NFL, our world's, uh, the, wow. uh, our, our, our nation's most popular sport, and yet no one knows what the MVP trophy looks like? Who should it be named after, and what should his pose be? Oh, my. That is, a, you know that is a solid take. Boy, Hawk, go for it. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain right now. I would say Jim Brown. There you go. I'm going to say Jim Brown. Like, uh, the Heisman, it's too yeah, close to the Heisman. Right, right, so right. you got to do something with him. Maybe him with, like, two guys dragging on his legs like or something that. Okay. like that. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. I'd say there was a receiver, big fan of him, Bengals. A Bengals receiver? Yeah, he was a short slot. Chris did Collinsworth? He, Andrew, did he win the MVP? Andrew Hawkins. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see where we're going. Yeah, Andrew Hawkins trophy. Yes, yes. And you could call yeah, it. Perfect. 
the Tomahawk Award. That's, that's a <laughs> wrong t- Shameless plug. That is a wrong That t- really t- was a shameless plug. <laughs> that was, you know, that was bad. Don't be, the, I'm not don't be an empty shell. Joe gets it. I'm yeah. not above it. All right. Oh, I, that's good. Wait, what do you think? Not that we really care, but, you yeah. know, I feel like as our, <laughs> we'll, as we'll our guests the, on our show, we we'll should give, give you some time. I appreciate that you attempted, uh, you know, like uh, proper editing. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, God, what, what, <laughs> what, 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 what the um, I, You know, I, I, I could see, um, you know, Franco Harris. If that's the way we're going. Yeah, like Franco we're, Harris. If okay. we're going with uh, our fandom, then I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up and go Jim Thorpe. Who? Jim Thorpe? Yeah. Jim, what does Jim Thorpe have to do with anything? He's already got a trophy in college. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Whatever. I'm Bad glad. You know what I like? I'm Bad glad Andrew. that you guys had a, a bigger reaction than me. See me saying Jim Thorpe than saying Andrew Hawkins. Oh, yeah, right, right. I appreciate that. That's reasonable. <laughs> Jim Thorpe, you idiot. Jim I Thorpe, you bow down uh, to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, Hawk. We're sitting. Joe and I are sitting next to a Bengals legend as uh, as presented to the crowd in the Queen City before a game, right? Yes. Don't they do that? Yes. Some of the names that come up there for Bengals. Bengals <laughs> 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 the greatest. That's my favorite weekly thing to track is who is the Bengals legend it's of the really week. It's really just a sign-up sheet. <laughs> you, you want two tickets I guess to I could do it. Maybe. Yeah. Who can we get to come back David to the game? David Klingler. What? Andrew Hawkins. <laughs> career, Bengals yards. Everyone's like Wikipedia on their phone real quick. Like, uh, Andrew well, Hawkins. Bengals fans love me. I don't know who he is. AJ Hawk was on the, the bagway. Oh no, he really was. He was on there. That's right. That's right. That must be a little confusing. They should have had Hawk Day at no, the, at trust the stadium. Me, I can promise you, the Bengals fans, I am bigger than AJ Hawk. Who? That's a good question for a Bengal and for a Brown. Who do you consider to be your biggest rival? Your most, actually, not rival. Who do you hate the most? Okay, on a count of three, let's, let's just blare it out. One, two, three. Steelers. Really? So you go. So Hawk goes Steelers. Did yes. I hear that right? And you hate the Ra- well. You should. If Ravens. you're the Browns, you should hate the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. You know, and it's not because the team left. Because obviously that was before. You should hate I was, that though, too. You know, That's as, rude. As, as a guy who's been in Cleveland 12 years now, that really doesn't register with me. But what registers is like they had such great defenses when I first got in the league. But they were they were just real. I felt dirty, and you just hated them. Like there was we didn't win many of the games, but it was always a physical, yeah. dirty game against those guys. Whereas the Steelers were always like the nice guys that beat you. You know, like, when, uh, it was like it, Troy Polamalu. Good try, Joe. Like Troy was like such a nice guy, <laughs> but he was just such a great player. And like right. Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, like. Larry Foot, uh, all those guys were really nice guys, but they were just really good at football. Like, yeah. When we played against like Sizzle and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, you hated those guys. Right. Yeah. Against that's them. right. That's right. I, I think for Bengals, it, it fluctuates. So right now it's the Steelers because it's it's heated. I'm from Johnstown, which is outside. It's it's Steeler country. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a Johnstown, PA kid, so that's why I had the Steelers. But honestly, like overall, the Bengals' biggest rival was probably the Browns because that's because correct. of the way that the Bengals came about that's why they have the orange helmets i love when they, that's that, very Brown. Good. Yeah. good history yeah yep. they that i love it when uh, people from cincinnati or cleveland come up to me and be like oh i bet you hate me i'm like why would i hate you I'm like oh so you're a Steeler guy and i'm like i uh, no 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 you're <laughs> you're gum on my shoe like, what? what do you mean i'm a Ouch. rival Ouch. Go, what is go, this 1966 <laughs> battle of ohio <laughs> 
Hey, before <laughs> I wrap up, I just want to tell you, make sure you make Black Tie tell you his insights on movies. He thinks he's okay. a cinephile. Oh. He thinks he's the world's greatest cinephile, but he's seen no movie that came out before 1996. Doesn't like any Tom like Cruise. He's like 21 movie. years old. His movie stuff will, will fill an <laughs> off-season's worth of podcasts for you if you <laughs> dig funny. in on that. He, I will. He has the most ridiculous movie opinions you'll ever hear, and yet he still thinks he's the one to go to when you, when you need real insight. Tom Cruise? No, I don't like seeing Tom Cruise. Sports movie? No, I have no opinion. Space movie? No, I can't stand the sci-fi. He likes nothing. We've also found that he's the world's worst researcher. <laughs> he just gives the worst facts. He's like, None of them are right. Yeah, right, right. Real quick question before we go. Favorite sports movie? We had this conversation. Yes. I said Cool Runnings. Ooh. Uh, mine was Hoop Dreams. You know what? Hoop Dreams is not just a great movie, a great sports movie. It's one of the three greatest movies of all time. Thank greatest you. Greatest documentary of all yes. time. What's your favorite sure. sports movie? Yes. Um, he's trying to tell me that Black Tie's had enough. He's like, you <laughs> he, embarrassed me. He now I'm kicking you off the air. All the time. We don't listen. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. This will be an hour long show. So maybe you could pay us, we'd listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love, uh, I, I'll go uh, Hoosiers. Or, or uh, Slapshot. Slapshot's Slap also a joke. You know where Slapshot was filmed? Perfect place to That's end. right. Johnstown, the Pennsylvania. Chiefs. What a pleasure. Muzzle tub on the uh, on the big success Thank you, there. Sir. Thank you, sir. Enjoy it. Thanks for the time, fellas. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, that one's uh, in the I, – I enjoyed kibitzing with those fellas. In the meantime, Spaghetti and or Emma VP, are you all signed up to compete in World of Warships? Yeah. We're signing up right now. And we're going to play, and it's just going to be like our game of Game of Thrones League. We need to stay competitive in the podcast group. And right. I think this is a great idea. Okay. And by the way, also be on the lookout for uh, on Twitter, and I don't know where else they're posting it, posting it but uh, the emerging uh, media juggernaut called, uh, called uh, what do you call it? Broadcast. The Broadcast. The Broadcast. Yes. Hard-hitting analysis on the scene. That's what you can't get. I don't want to discourage any young journalists out there. What you can't get is the access that Emma VP and Erica Tamposi and Eddie Spaghetti and the rest of the gang have, uh, have, you know, I mean, you just, you know, you got lucky, that's all. But you're taking advantage of that good fortune and turning it into solid gold broadcast. Follow Emma VP, Emma8193. I don't know what Eddie Spaghetti's uh, Twitter handle it's is. I at, wish we had time. Wish we had time for you to share it now, but yeah. we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. Here we I go. would say we'll do it in the next. We'll do it in the next few weeks. You can share your Twitter handle when we have time. Right. Time permitting, we will definitely share Eddie Spaghetti's Twitter handle. Yeah, we'll carve out some time for that. I wish we could do it right now, but oh, as you can hear, yeah. I'm trying to wrap the show up. I'll put it in a rundown. We'll, we'll like carve out a special time. I know it's too well. You know what? Now the song ran out. So here, if you could play it one more time yeah, as we as it. we go out to break there. there. There we go. So yeah. So um, again, thanks to Tori Smith, Andrew Hawkins, Joe Thomas, and in ge- and thanks to you for listening. You know, it always means the world to me. Your feedback is immeasurably useful to me. And uh, we'll get you Eddie Spaghetti's Twitter handle. We can. In Slice of Heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 